Welcome to Foundation Church, the second first Sunday. Um, it feels a bit odd me standing up here giving a sermon to a fairly small bunch of people. So uh, don't worry about that. Um, we're, all, we're all friends here, so we can talk about these things together um, for one night only. If you have any questions, you know, uh, feel free to shout out and um, we, can, we can work this through together. But I want to ask a few questions before we get going on today's um, message. Uh, I wonder how you feel about what we're doing here tonight. Uh, I wonder if the service time is convenient for you. I wonder if you found the directions okay on the website. I wonder how you feel about the parking. Was there enough parking or were you stuck down the end of the road and had to walk up a few minutes? I hope you got a, a warm welcome when you came, but not too warm, just warm enough. What do you think about the building? Are you happy with it? Good location? Uh, maybe there's a funny smell you can smell, but it's functional. Is it clean and tidy? Are the people inside friendly? What about the seating just now? Are you comfortable? What about the light? Too dark, too light. Too many shadows, not enough shadows. What about the music? How do you feel about that? Is it down to your taste? You know, do you, is it kind of music, the music you like? Or maybe it's not uh, formal enough. You were coming hoping for a church organ. Maybe it's not informal enough for you. Uh, maybe you prefer more contemporary sounds. What about the words on the screen? Are they okay? Are you, can you see all right? Are they big enough? Maybe they're too big. What about the prayers? Are they too long, too short? Too much Bible, not enough Bible? What about the preacher from last week? Was he any good? Passionate, but not too passionate. Confident, but not cocky. Knowledgeable, but not arrogant. What about the coffee? What about the toilets? What about the artwork? See, these are all questions that we might use when we come to think about what church we should attend. Maybe these are some of the factors that you have thought about and you're using to evaluate whether you should come back or not. Uh, whether you're a believer or not, whether you're a regular church attender or not. Everybody has ways of evaluating a church, what's good for them, what's important. And so we find ourselves at the beginning of our series uh, looking at what makes a church a good church. What makes it a bad church? Are there ways that we can tell whether a church we're in is good or bad, whether it is healthy or unhealthy? And so you hopefully heard me mention last Sunday, uh, on the back of our sort of first Sunday where we're talking about Christ the foundation, remember uh, Paul says to Timothy, uh, sorry, to the, to the Corinthians, uh, Christ is the foundation, therefore be careful how you build. And so uh, we want to be a church right at the outset as Foundation Church Belfast that is careful how we build on the foundation, which is Jesus, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be careful. And so we, we're asking ourselves these questions, what makes a good church? What makes a healthy church? Because we don't want to be the kind of church that builds and then it all falls down on the last day. Remember from last week. How do we know what is a good church and what is not a good church? And so we're starting this series today, the nine marks of a healthy church, sorry, nine marks of a healthy church, uh, to work out what the Bible teaches about what a church should have. Now, I've got them on a slide just here so you can see over the next nine weeks where we're going. Uh, oh, hang on a minute, you can't see a thing. I'll stand here for now. Week one, that's this week, we're talking about expository preaching. I'm going to explain what that means uh, in a second. 
uh, and week two, biblical theology. Week three, the gospel, conversion, evangelism on week five, discipleship, church membership, church discipline, biblical leadership. These are the nine marks of a healthy church. And I'm going to go through one of those every week, and then it takes us up to Easter Sunday. So that's pretty cool. Um, Hopefully, you'll come back on Easter Sunday as well. So nine marks of a healthy church um, that we're going to work through week after week. I'm going to put that off now, because otherwise I'll have writing all over my face. So that's roughly where we're heading. And you you might be a bit disappointed to hear some of those marks, Uh, particularly maybe you came along to church today and you're going to hear a sermon about sermons. But that's kind of what I'm talking about today, and hopefully uh, it'll all fit in as to, to why I'm doing this. So they are the nine marks of a healthy church, and uh, we're going to look at the first mark today. Uh, according to the Bible, the most important mark, the first mark of a healthy church, is expository preaching. So the first question that probably comes into your mind when you think about what I've just said is, what is expository preaching? It's maybe not a term you hear very often. That you may have gone to some churches where you never hear this phrase used. So what is expository preaching? If you've got your service sheet with you, look down at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. The section you've got is obviously the end of chapter 3, beginning of chapter 4. So if I say verse 1, it's, you know, you, you're intelligent people. You can, you can work it out. Look at verses 1 and 2. I charge you. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. We've got a letter here, haven't we? Uh, The Apostle Paul wrote to the young minister, the young uh, pastor, Timothy, who is uh, a church leader, and he's trying to raise healthy churches up. And so Paul writes this letter to help adjust uh, Timothy's direction, to keep him on track. And he gives him this charge, preach the word by the highest counsel, the highest authority that I know. This is Paul. Preach the word by God and Jesus Christ, who's going to come and judge the living and the dead. Preach the word. There are a lot of things that you can be doing, Timothy. But of all those things, preach the word. You could be doing meetings with people. You could be doing administration. You could be organizing people. You could be planning for months in advance. All those are good. But above all, Timothy, you are to preach the word. And so this is where we get our understanding of expository preaching. What is expository preaching? It is preaching the word of God. Another way we can understand it is this. This is a definition I've uh, put together. Uh, expository preaching is taking the meaning and the point of the Bible passage and making that the meaning and point of the sermon. Okay? So the meaning and point of the Bible passage is the meaning and point of the sermon. That is expository preaching. In other words, what the Bible says, the preacher says. And so what I hope to demonstrate as we, as we start off as a church through the nine marks and as we continue thereafter, I want to be the kind of preacher and teacher that just simply opens up the Bible and says, this is what it says, it's right in front of you, let me help you to ex- uh, understand it and together as God's people, let us live it out. That's pretty much all I'm going to be doing week to week. I'm exposing what God has already written down in the Bible. God is 
The author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, is the author. He did that through human authors who wrote in their own particular time and place with their own skill and their own uh, cultural uh, blend, if you like. But ultimately, God is the author of the Bible. And so therefore, if we want to understand what God thinks and says and does and what he's like and who he is, then we have to understand what he has written down for us in the Bible. By the way, it's okay to use other forms of preaching. You know, we could talk about a theme. Uh, what does the Bible say about money? What does the, God, the Bible say about relationships? That's okay, we can do that. But by and large, our, our, our preaching here at Foundation Church is going to be expository, making the point and meaning of the passage the point and meaning of the sermon. Okay, so that's what I mean when I say expository preaching, and that's just come from Timothy, uh, the letter to Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word. So the next question you might want to ask yourself then is, okay, fine, we understand expository preaching and where you get that from and what it's all about, but why is it so important? What is so big and important about the Bible that we have to do this? Look down at verses 14 and 15. But as for you, Paul says to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy, the young man, was nurtured in a, in a believing family. And from the very earliest days, he was, as Paul says, acquainted with the sacred writings. Uh, we, we learn from the beginning of this letter in chapter 1 that his, from his grandmother Lois through to his mother Eunice, the faith, the gospel faith of Jesus Christ has been passed on from generation to generation and Timothy stands in that line. And he's been acquainted with the scriptures, with the writings. That is, as we would have it, the Old Testament. Back in the day when Paul was writing to Timothy, there was no New Testament yet. It hadn't been, hadn't been compiled. But God's word makes you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. That's, that's the point. Everything you need to know, Timothy, everything you need to know for salvation, who God is, who Jesus is, that's all contained within the Bible. Paul says you can find the answer to every human question in the Bible. Look down at verses 16 and 17. It says, this is kind of an important statement. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good word. The scriptures are breathed out. God's word is, is, is breathed out. It is his very word. He is communicating to us through that which he has spoken and is recorded in scripture. If we want to know what God thinks about a subject, we look at the, the Bible. How he views us, we look at the Bible. What he's going to do for us in Christ and what he has done, we look at the Bible. It's all there. God's word is, we call it inspired, breathed out. Let's take a few moments, though, to think about what God's Word does. Because all very well are saying, well, it's important, it's important, it's important, we should read it. But what does it actually do? Well, the good news is that God's Word teaches us about God's Word. And it starts off in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1. And it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so forth. 
He spoke a word and it was done. See, God's word, first of all, it creates. All he needed to do was speak and the universe came into being. That's an oversimplification, but that's what the scripture teaches us. But later on, a few chapters to the right in Genesis 12, we meet a man called Abraham. And God speaks to this man and he calls him out. And he forms him into a people. And he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will walk with you and you'll walk with me, Abraham. See, not only does God's word create, but it also calls. Calls people out to follow him. And we see that as as the Bible goes on through um, God speaking to Moses through the burning bush, speaking to his people through the prophets, through the judges, through the kings. God's word creates. It also calls But not only that, God's word saves, it redeems. God's word comes along and lifts people up out of their troubles. From the very earliest days, God's word not only creates and calls, but it also saves. But yeah, we see that in in Jesus. He is God's word. He is the word made flesh. But through him, God saves his people. It calls, it creates it saves. And we see that in the person and work of, of Jesus. That's why, by the way, the apostles' testimony that we're reading now, are letters and, and their eyewitness accounts, that's why that is also considered to be God's word, because they saw Jesus. They knew him. They, 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 they did life with Jesus for over three years. And then they recorded the things that he said and did and the implications of that. And so all of those things are God's word, because they are referring to Jesus Christ. So there we have it. God's word creates, it calls people out of themselves, out of the world, and it saves. That's what God's word does, and we have that all working together in the Bible. So that's why we as a church are firmly committed to understanding that word. We want to see lives changed. We want to see the city changed, transformed, And we know through reading the Bible that it is only God's word that does that. And so as a church, we want to be all about God's word, understanding it, letting it work in us, transforming us so that we may be used to transform other people. So we've thought about expository preaching and the definition of that, making the point and the meaning of the passage, the point and the meaning of the sermon. We've thought about why is the Bible so important? It is God's very word to us. And if we want to see the kind of transformation it talks about, we have to understand what he's saying. Why should we therefore have expository preaching? Why should someone get up and say, here's the Bible. Let's understand it together. Let's let's try and live it out. Why should we have that kind of preaching? Because if you've been around churches any length of time, you may have heard of other kinds of preaching. Not all bad at all. But maybe the Bible isn't quite as central. And it seems to be more about the point and the meaning of the preacher's feelings or whatever they thought that day or the book they've recently read. Maybe we should do that kind of preaching because it's more entertaining, it's maybe more engaging or something like that, we think. I just want to say again, there's no problem with talking about a theme, what does God say about relationships or what does God say about 
whatever it is. That's not a problem from time to time. But why should we have expository preaching? Look down at verse 3 and 4. It says there, For a time is coming when people will not endure sound, that is healthy, teaching, but having itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Can you see what Paul is saying in this letter? He says to Timothy, the young pastor, the young, I suppose we could call him church planter, take seriously those sacred writings, Timothy, the stuff that you were taught as a young person, the stuff that is is God's word. Take that seriously because you are living in a time, he says, when people won't listen to that kind of stuff. He's referring to church people, by the way. He's saying you're living in a time where people will gather around speakers and preachers to just hear what they want to hear. Who's just going to come along and massage their egos, tell them that they're so good, that that you have the power within you to make the change, to, 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 to warm you up and then send you out. Those are the kind of people, preachers, that attract massive audiences. By the way, not all big churches are bad. Not all... Small churches are good. But there will come a time, he says, when people will just listen to whatever stirs them up, whatever sounds good. But Paul is saying to Timothy, in contrast to that, in contrast to the kind of people who fit the Bible around themselves rather than fit themselves around the Bible, you are to preach the word, Timothy. You are to say what God is saying. You are to make sure that your word is God's word and not a little bit more or a little bit less. You preach what Christ has said in the Bible. Because the result is clear. People who preach whatever they're thinking and not rooted in God's word, it says in verse 4, will turn away from listening to the truth and they'll wander off to myths. Why should we have expository preaching? Because it's the only way that we can surely say that this is God's word, that God is speaking to us. So we thought about what expository preaching is. We've, we've, we've tried to understand why the Bible is so important. We've touched on why we should have expository preaching as opposed to other types of preaching. And so finally, I just want to uh, start thinking about us as a people What is our role in expository preaching? What is our role in in the sermon in general? Because all this stuff might just apply to those of you who are preachers. The rest of us, you know, this this is kind of, uh, doesn't apply. Nothing very exciting for us. But that's not true. Um, One one writer, uh, his name is Tabiti Anyabwile. Um, That's his name. He's obviously from African heritage, but he's, he's um, born and brought up in the United States of America. Um, he wrote a book called Expository Listening. Expository Listening. Touching on how do a church, how does a church respond to expository preaching? And he said, expository listening. Uh, this is how he defines expository listening. It's a bit of a, a wordy definition. He says, is this. This is how a congregation should respond. Listening to the meaning of a passage 
and accepting that meaning as the main idea to be grasped for our personal and corporate lives as Christians. Allow me to summarize. Listening to the preacher preach the central message of the Bible passage, agreeing with it, and allowing ourselves to be grasped by it. That's expository listening. We are essentially listening to God's voice. You're not listening to, to my voice, David, or anybody else's who happens to be the preacher for the day. We are listening to God's voice through the Bible. And expository listening gives us a clear ear that allows us to hear him. We want to listen as a church for God's voice as he speaks to us as a community. We want to make sure that his word is driving us, not my feelings or the cheese I ate last night or the book I read or the cinema experience I had, but God's word. We want to make sure that is driving us. So this guy, Tabiti Anyabwili, offers six ways that we as a church can be expository listeners. I'm going to fire them out and maybe put them up online uh, later this week. But here are the six ways that we as a church can cultivate uh, a listening ear around God's word. Number one, he says we can meditate on it. Meditate on the sermon passage for the week coming. Um, That's maybe difficult for you right now because you don't know what's happening next week. So maybe I have to read my notes before I preach them, Uh, but I have to let you know what the passage is uh, so you know yourself, you can go home and read it, you can pray through it, you can prepare yourself by meditating on it. Number one, meditate. Number two, he recommends investing in a good set of commentaries, maybe not down to everybody's cup of tea, maybe not something you want to do right now, but helping you understand what God is saying through his word by reading the writings of other people who have themselves tried to understand it and... um, help you to understand it. So invest in a good set of commentaries if you want to. Talk and pray with friends, he says, number three, about the sermon after church or as you're in each other's houses or talking to each other. Ask, what did you learn on Sunday? Which way did God address you, encourage you, chasten you, you know? Talk and pray that through with friends. Number four, listen to and act on the sermon. If there are points of application, then go do them. If they are you know, alongside, if they are uh, logical to God's word and all that, then go and do them. Listen and act on the sermon through the week. Review it. Listen again. You know, go on the podcast. Chew it over. Take the main points. Take them home. Meditate, invest, talk and pray. Listen to and act. Number five, address any questions that come up. Not every sermon is going to answer every single question that you have about the Bible. Um, but that's okay because... There's a lot of questions out there. And we, we want to be the kind of church that, that is okay with, with questions. I myself have questions all the time when I'm reading the Bible. And what Tabiti says here is develop a habit of addressing them. Write down any questions. Ask a fellow, uh, another Christian maybe, or uh, uh, ask the Bible teacher for that week um, about the passage. You know, we want to cultivate a culture of asking questions and being okay to ask questions as we go on. Sixthly and finally, cultivate humility, he says. Meditate on the Bible, invest in a good set of commentaries, talk and pray with friends, listen and act on the sermon, address any questions, and finally, cultivate humility. You know, sometimes in churches, particularly if you've been attending church a long time, you can become a a professional sermon listener, scrutinizing the, the preacher, thinking you know lots of stuff, always hearing but never listening. That's what the Bible says about some people. 
being filled up with knowledge and yet their lives are not living the word of God. Listen to sermons with humility. Six things, I'll put them up online later on. Maybe you're here uh, this evening and you're, 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 you're maybe not a believer, and that's okay. Uh, maybe you're skeptical about the Christian faith. You don't know uh, what it's all about, or rather you have questions. Maybe you, you listen to all this stuff about the Bible and God's word and creation and all that stuff, and you just think, yeah, they're, they're sincere people. They're very nice, uh, but, but this is all nonsense, surely. This is just a book. I was uh, messaging a friend of mine this evening. In fact, there's a guy who was here last week, and uh, he's currently in a country called Laos, which is in Southeast Asia, sort of borders with Vietnam and Thailand and China, Myanmar, all around there. And I, I had no idea. I thought he was just going to preach a few sermons. But it turns out he's smuggling Bibles into, into Laos, a country that is incredibly closed to the gospel, closed to Christianity. It's a heck of a risk, actually, in doing that, because people who get caught um, smuggling Bibles um, could end up in prison or worse. And so there he is, smuggling Bibles into a country of people for whom Christianity is restricted. They're not allowed to ask questions or understand or read their Bibles uh, in, in a way and with the freedom that we are. But I put it to you, if you're here this evening and you're not a believer and you have questions, and yet you think maybe all this stuff is nonsense, my question is, are you prepared to give the Bible a fair reading? Because these people in Laos are hungry. They, they want these Bibles and people are willing to risk a lot to give them Bibles. Will you give the Bible a fair hearing? Will you commit to reading a part of it and seeing what God will say through it? Maybe start with a gospel uh, account, maybe gospel of Luke or Mark. Or if you're feeling adventurous, why not start with Philippians, one of the, the, the other letters that Paul writes? Are you giving the Bible a fair hearing? So let me just wrap things up as we uh, come into a close just now. Expository preaching. The, 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 the point and the meaning of the passage becoming the point and the meaning of the sermon. It's not just one of the nine marks. It is the premier mark. Because if you get this one wrong, all the rest will fall apart. Because all the rest are driven by God's word. And therefore, as a church, we want to be committed to understanding, hearing, and allowing it to dwell within us. If we screw up on this one, we may as well pack up and go home. Expository preaching drives the church like nothing else. Everything else is secondary to it. By the way, we're not putting our faith in the Bible. We're putting our faith in Christ. But it's the Christ who is presented to us in the Bible. Our faith is in Jesus, and yet we come to know him through the Bible. As a church, we acknowledge it as God's inspired work, not just inspiring like a, a piece of Shakespeare, as, as uplifting and encouraging and wonderful as that may be. It's inspired by the very words of God himself. This is how he speaks to us, even today, even right now. This is how he teaches us the gospel, how he shows us our need of Christ, our desperate situation in our sin. We were singing about that earlier. And yet the goodness and the grace that he shows to us in Christ by giving us a saviour to die on the cross for us so that we may be forgiven and restored 
in God's sight. Folks, healthy churches are built through expository preaching. Let's devote ourselves as a church to becoming expository listeners.